everybody, welcome to episode 318 of the Bite Me Cop. Bite Me Cop. <laughs> We're going strong. <sighs> Bite Me Podcast. Dylan is here. You've heard him. Colby's not here. I don't know what he's doing, but he said he wasn't going to be here. So uh, he's up to other stuff. Um, hanging out with bears, maybe? Like, I think Colby was hiking in the mountains and trying to find a hibernating bear to snuggle with. That's that's what Colby does in the winter. It's weird. It's a Utah thing. Uh, how you doing, Dylan? Good, good. It is. Uh, is it any warmer in Seattle yet, or is it still all chilly and cold? Um, the sun shining, but it's still chilly and cold, kind of. I guess nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, winter. Winter. I found winter in Seattle to be very pleasant most of the time. So nothing. Nothing wrong there. Brooks here. Say hey, Brooke. There's no Colby, hey. so Brooke is just going to scream things from the background. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about what we've been playing. We're going to talk about some news. Ubisoft won a Grammy. Uh, Amazon Blizzard's getting a big old fine. I mean, it's relatively big. I don't know how big is big. How big is big, Dylan? We'll talk about it. Um, big? Big, yeah. Uh, Actors in Blizzard also has another formal antitrust warning. Uh, Jump Carmack thinks that video game developers need to think about the future of games uh, from when they start getting developed so you don't end up shutting down games and them going away forever. Um, also, uh, Square Enix, or Konami, sorry, has a game that is going away forever. Um, and Lead of the Past has been reverse engineered, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but that's actually, it's very cool. I think it's going to lead to some neat stuff in the, you know, link to the past universe. So, talk about that. We got a couple of questions, one from, uh, Triple Double 88, two from R. Deacon. We got a handful of cheap free games, kind of the middle of the month, so not a lot to talk about there. And then we'll finish. So this could be a very quick podcast. We'll see. Dylan is drinking out of a coffee mug that says hubby, and I kind of love it. Yeah. It's nothing nothing wrong with you that. Know. Yeah. Because he is somebody's hubby. Yeah. Um, well, why don't we start with what we've been playing, Dylan? What what, uh, what have you been up to? You've got a list of, like, Dylan has I've a list of games. i played more games than I usually do. Yeah. I don't know I like why. it. I think it's because, like... Um, I would say the explanation mostly is uh, I had one friend who was like, I want a hobby. And he was like, I'm going to play guitar and play video games now. Hell yeah. Um, and he's always been the friend that like, he might play the new NBA game and then Assassin's Creed. Like those were yeah. his two games that he played. Um, but then I think he realized that like, when we play games, we just sit in a discord call and kind of like BS. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like at some point he's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like, you don't have to play the same game either. Like yeah. you could just kind of be hanging out on the internet and playing games. So I think that's kind of helped. Um, we live like, I mean, seven minutes away from each other, but like <laughs> dur during the week, like yeah. you don't, you don't necessarily go hang out. Cause like, I don't even get yeah. home till like nine, nine thirty from the gym every night kind of thing. Yep. So jump on, um, jump in discord and whoever shows up and like, three to four of us have been on for at least a few minutes kind of every night play, play yeah. a game so it just kind of becomes um part of the routine or whatever um but that has led me to playing a, a little bit more games or like on the weekends like get up and 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 play a round of something which got me back into north guard which is a game i played at some point and so i talked about it before so i don't need to to go too deep but i can kind of re-describe it to anybody that might be interested in something um hey, it's kind of like this because i think i was kind of interested in this and i never ended up playing it it's a light 
I'm not going to say like light RTS, but it's definitely lighter than most RTS are. Yeah. Um, and it's Viking themed, obviously. Yeah. North Guard. So you play a different clan and each clan has different uh, benefits. I mean, mostly a benefits. This is not really like you are weak at this. Um, some things are just going to be better at militarily. Some things are going to be better at trade. Some are going to be fairly balanced. Um, but you like... Um, you compete for tiles on the map. So you spend food to colonize tiles. And with the new tiles, you can expand the number of buildings you have. So yeah. similar to RTS where you build buildings, but this is limited to each tile can only have so many. So your first tile where your like town center is can have like five buildings on it generally. And then you can like spend gold later in the game and get one more. I don't need to get into too many details, but generally I'll say on average, most of the tiles you colonize, you can have like three tiles or three buildings on. Yeah. Plus or minus depending on more details. Um, but let's say there's a forest on that tile. So if you build, build a woodcutter lodge on the forest tile, you'll get 10% more wood. So depending which tiles you get, like whether you get a fish tile or uh, a fertile land tile or a tile with deer you can have a hunter's lodge or a farm or fish but sometimes you just don't get the best hand either right i mean just like i guess life yeah um in viking times um so the or, map will have or now time or even now really. like if yeah. you were to go settle um somewhere in the midwest in a field of corn i guess um it'd be the same thing right yeah um Anyway, um, and uh, it it's kind it kind of reminds me a little bit of Civilization too, in the sense that there are, um, and this might be true for some RTSs too, because I don't really, I just wasn't good enough to to because it's real time. The like, same Civilization's fun because you can you're not like stressed out when you get attacked, right? Yeah, you might well, still like be stressed out, but you're like you can react on a turn. Whereas, like, if the barbarians are coming at you, I have to react in real time. There's, yeah. there's nothing I can really, like, pause and, and take account of. So if I don't have the troops, I'm just going to let them pillage my village. So um, anyway, so you can, you can win through a, um, a military victory, obviously, if you're you dominate and there's no clans left on the map you can win through like a wisdom victory so you can uh, there's like a lore tree so as you you can like pray to stones in the ground or um like lore stones or uh, circles of stones or there's different things on the map that if you find them you can send your lore masters to like do their thing their rituals and gain lore as well as you'll gain lore from like your viking ships uh sailing around if you have a a, uh i don't remember what the dock whatever the name of the dock is yeah for some reason it's not it's escaping my my memory but um that lore will get you little perks so it'll be a little tree like you get to pick one of two there's three paths and each path has two things as you go down it so you get to pick one or the other and one of those things is generally or there's a certain uh, I don't know if there's one in every path or a couple but is um, specific to whatever clan you're playing so if you're playing the clan of the boar or the raven or the wolf or the bear and they've added tons of clans so there's just a ton of them um, and they're all they do play very differently um, like some allow you to 
um, colonize tiles with animals on them. And if you do that, then those animals are actually defensive units for you. Whereas other clans would actually have to kill those animals before they can colonize the tile. Some Interesting. can colonize the tile with money. Some can. So depending on how you play the game, there'll be something that kind of fits your play style that way. Yeah. Um, but you, so you can go all the way through the lore tree. And once you have that last blessing, you win. Or you can win through uh, like a trade victory, um, which I think is just like you get trade influence as you play. And then there's like fame for how popular your warlord is kind of for your whatever that is. And then you can also there like Yggdrasil, the tree of life or whatever is in the middle of the is in the middle of the map somewhere. And if you colonize the tile with the tree on it. Uh, you just win the game, which is actually very difficult because it's right in the middle of the map. So you have to colonize up to it. And then, of course, um, most other clans are going to be up to that point as well. So it takes a long time to colonize that tile compared to other ones. Um, so you have to like have it defended for that amount of time. Sure. I did that for the first time, which was the just the colonization of the tile took a long time time after i had the appropriate number of food to do so because yeah a very large number or whatever um but i i really enjoy the game as far as rts goes. i can really wrap my head around it for the most part and really understand like where my benefits are coming from and things because i think yeah. a lot of times rts there's so many like improvements and upgrades and a lot of the numbers aren't super clear to me probably because they're dealing with like more numbers whereas this is pretty much like you have your food your wood and your gold yep and there's a couple other and stone well you do have stone and uh like silver or iron or steel or i think it's steel probably um which are for like improving um your tools and things to make sure yeah villagers or uh, uh warriors more efficient kind of thing so there's very few resources and they you you spend them or you can increase how much you're getting and as the seasons go on too like winter you use wood to burn to keep your villagers warm and you your food's not as productive right so um it's all a lot of the game especially the early game is preparing for winter so you better have a supply of wood and food before winter comes Interesting. Um, because those winter months your production is going to drop significantly um depending on what clan you play too some clans are better in winter and some are not and then for example like um a fishing tile is the i think it's the only thing that is most is neutral productivity all year long um whereas farms are better in the summer and um hunters lodges are probably better in like spring or something i don't i don't quite know off the top of my head um so there's kind of a, a year-long clock that you're keeping track of. And sure. Just the way it all displays is very nice. Um, I am I definitely do recommend the game, especially to people that might be interested into an RTS without getting, I don't know, just like StarCraft and stuff didn't quite do I liked playing Warcraft when I was little, but I don't think I really understood it as much as making yeah. trolls and throwing troll axes at the humans like <laughs> i think that's kind of like i'll just make a lot of units and and go fight kind of thing so um 
anyway, I think I explained that more than I expected to, um, but definitely recommend that. The the people who made that made the new Dune RTS. Oh, which interesting. Looks pretty interesting and is in early access. Um, I might check that out at some point um, if I keep itching for more rts action but um for now i've been playing this quite a bit like try to try to play and and you can kind of at least when i'm playing against like the ai you can kind of play a game in like a little over an hour it's nice um which isn't too long um so i think that's also why i like it is like i can finish it and i've actually like I was losing most of the games. I thought I was like doing pretty good, and then some other uh, uh, clan would come out of the and get like a wisdom victory, and I was like, "Dang it!" Uh, but now I'm actually like, I feel like I'm being pretty efficient um, nice. the more I play, and I'm actually like winning against the AI now, which is good. So now maybe I can think about. Oh, I've started playing some of the other clans that might be more difficult. Um, to play because they they do have a difficulty rating on them to know like oh this is one's good for beginners probably and this one's more complicated so nice um that's good but yeah definitely I'm recommend that i'm super glad you brought that back up because i remember last time you talked about it i was like oh that game sounds cool oh yeah. hey i own that game i should play yeah. it and yeah it's one of those I, games you might own from a yeah. bundle or something it also goes on sale for like the seven dollar and fifty cent price because it's like a thirty dollar game base. Yeah, um, I'm gonna wait to see if it does a super sale again so I can buy all the other clans because they're like five dollars a piece, which is yep. a lot if I don't know exactly what I'm getting. Like I wouldn't yep. mind that to buy like one that I'm like, oh, this is cool, but I'd happily buy all of them if they <laughs> there, had. A there's good eleven deal. of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's like fifty bucks to get yeah. all the other ones, and I don't know what I'd really like to play yeah. out of those. So um, I'm yeah. gonna keep my eye on it for another sale other than that i've played um more deep rock galactic um both in the board game and video game variety nice Um, still one of my favorite games um but i uh just started playing across the obelisk is that i think that's what it's called yeah did i say it right yes i think so um austin gave this to me for the christmas um and it's like a a slay the spire successor Um, nice so it's a deck building adventure game um very like very much looks like slay the spire but aesthetically much more pleasing because i think that's the one thing slay the spire doesn't have going for it is it's not a particularly pretty looking game as much as like you're like does a card game have to be pretty um I just started playing this game and the art style is fantastic. Like nice. it's a very good looking game. The character models are pretty cool. Um as they do their little motions on the screen. It's very much the same style. So you have like enemies in the front and back. Yeah. And, um, I have, uh, it looks like your party is like four characters. Um, and each one has their own little deck of cards, which is kind of cool. So when that player's initiative comes up, you get a hand of their cards and you have, let's say like four action points and each card you play has a zero through whatever action point cost. So you can figure out which ones you want to play adding up to that number. Um, uh, so far it looks pretty straightforward. I haven't got super deep into this, but, um, so far I love it. Um, I love this kind of game. Um, he also uh, was playing another one recently, I think called Monster Train, um, that he said oh, yeah, was pretty yeah. good. Um, so I'll probably have more to say on this once I've played it more. Uh, but so far, so great. Uh, so far, so good. Nice, 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 nice. 
Um, I'm not playing anything unique that Colby and Dylan haven't already played. Um, I started playing like, Cyberpunk. That's a pretty big um, deal, though. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Colby sent me his copy, which is very kind. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. I'm like, I don't know, 17 hours in, 15 hours in, maybe. Um, I've been playing a lot at night. I, I recently found a, a huge cache of, like, when... When uh, my grandpa died, we in like 2015, we grabbed a, when we we went out to to Minnesota where he lived, or I'm sorry, Wisconsin where he lived, and uh, brought home a bunch of his like old papers from the war and photos and all this stuff, and took it back to my house, and I just never did anything with it. Um, and my wife was cleaning out a closet, and well, and, and like recently, I scanned a bunch of other stuff that he had, like the slides and photos and stuff. Um, and my wife was cleaning out a closet here and found like another three boxes of stuff so i've just been like sitting at my desk like scanning photos and playing cyberpunk at the same time so it's not a bad uh, deal yeah it works out it works out great so um it's it's really fun um i i I wasn't i wasn't super hot on it for like maybe the first i don't know three or four hours I, i i it was a little little slow to get going um I think like a game like that, that like I, I, w- I was a little turned off by the fact that that game like goes like really hard on the nudity in the first like 20 For minutes sure. of the game. Like it, it, and it like, like I don't have any problem with nudity in video games, but this felt like, like they were trying to say like, oh, this game's edgy. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> um, I know it's, it's very hard to be like, this is a, like, this is a mature game without being like, hey look at this genitalia right like it's like you kind of don't have to do that but i don't know there's there's no reason that when you go to put clothes on your character that she is like essentially completely nude until you pick clothes out like i mean she's not she's not naked because like you can tell that she's wearing clothes in you know your character why isn't she just wearing the default clothes that you're already wearing like why is the the first like your first mission is to go save this girl well i guess maybe your second mission is to save this girl who's had like a drug overdose or I, I don't I don't know what exactly is wrong with her. Right. But she's she's naked. And so you pick her up and like literally your screen is just her chest like bouncing in front of you while you carry her somewhere else. And I'm like there's no reason to have this. It doesn't it doesn't matter that it's cyberpunk. It doesn't matter that it's whatever. This is just literally C D Project Red going like, hey guys, this is a mature game. But once you get past that, like all the other like mature stuff is literally just like ads and stuff, which just feel kind of like whatever, like it's fine. It doesn't seem like it really needs to be there um, because it doesn't seem to make the world like better or different. Like, um, did you ever watch, um, Oh shoot. It was called something carbon altered carbon. Altered carbon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did you see that show or, read the books i i'm familiar with like the ip but that's yeah first of all it's on netflix it's really damn good there's also an anime that is on netflix that's really good and the books it's based off are really damn good (laughs) um but like that that show presented like a cyberpunk world that had a a very like overt sexual theme in it in ways that i thought felt way less like <laughs> we're showing naked people in a video game 
Um, like it, it felt more mature than, than cyberpunk does, but like the good news about cyberpunk is like, once you get past out the first hour of that game, they're like, oh, we're trying to make it a mature game goes away really fast. And it just becomes right. a really good game. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I really think if that, that stuff was just later, you wouldn't care. Uh-huh. Uh, or no, if it, it was it, just spread out a little differently or it just felt so in your face. But I mean, the thing is the Witcher three did the exact same thing. Like the opening scene of the right. Witcher is like you staring through. Like, right. It's like when you just put the butt in the frame for no uh-huh. reason. Right. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Um, <laughs> it, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. But, um, I, I think maybe too, like it feels a little weird for a game that came out in, I guess, 2021, you know, in theory, but like, that really feels like more of like a Mass Effect thing to do in the like 2012 era um, than it does like in a more modern game. I, I don't know, but neither here nor there. The game's super fun. The characters are really interesting. Um, I love that the mission system literally puts like a dotted line where you need to go next. And it's like really a really good dotted line. Like it makes sense how you get upstairs and stuff even. Um the side missions are really interesting. Like I, I started out this game as thinking like, well, it's only like 25 hours long. And we just like mainline it. And then I'm like, Oh, but these side missions are actually really good. Um, and, and well-written and interesting to do. Um, so, you know, overall it's, it's been really fun. Um, I don't think I've really had, like, it's not, I, I think they've patched out most of the jankiness. Like, I think it has the, the normal amount of like big open world jank that, that all big, like it, it's, it's just as janky as fallout, you know, where it's the, the jank that's left in it is, Oh, Hey, that thing's floating. That's kind of weird. Um, right. Like I said, you know. even I played the game early on and it really yeah. wasn't that bad. Yes. There were things that came and popped up or like that guy's kind of floating around like yeah. just kind of weird stuff but yeah nothing that's really that unusual except for the most polished games like yeah you, you remember you've played a few games along the way where you're like man that game was just polished yeah. right Red Dead. and they're usually that's a i mean that's a good example because it's like so massive but like yeah. a lot of like more linear games you're like yeah. that was really polished and i didn't yeah. have any issues with exactly. it because it's linear it's like yep. you're not getting uh billions of potential object collisions at any given time right so um i think too like there there are a lot of uh gamers who are like i can't take a single thing like not having gravity because it just takes me out of the game and ruins my immersion and like every time i see something like floating when it shouldn't be i'm always like <laughs> look a floating thing take a screenshot like it's <laughs> i'm i know i'm playing a video game right right it's- like yeah, I want immersion. Like, but immersion is like Red Dead when like you realize that these people don't repeat the same line over and uh-huh. over, right? Like yeah. that stuff matters to me. Yeah, if a pony's running backwards for some reason, I'm like, I don't care. Like it's, that yeah. doesn't really bother me. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Um, I've also been very like I didn't realize how much um, Keanu Reeves is in the game, uh, and I right. really really like his character, and I really really like like how the plot revolves around his character. I think it's really yeah. interesting. Um, overall, I think the plot of the game is actually really good. Like it's got a really good story um, that I've really enjoyed. So, you know, overall it's good. I, I doubt I'll have finished it by the time we talk next time. Cause it is a, yeah. like the way it, I'm playing it, especially. Yeah. You know. Especially if you do go off and do a lot yeah. of the, 
the stuff, which I definitely recommend. Like I had a fun, I literally did every, every mission of it. Yeah. I think I probably will too. Um, and it was worth it, but it didn't take me like forever. Like it wasn't like a slog to like, I was just like, I wanted to do all the missions before I did the last one. Yeah. Um, I think it's like 40 or 50 hours. We kind of do everything. And that's probably, that feels right. So um, yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, let's talk about Patreon. That is the wonderful way you can support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. We have a number of different tiers uh, where you can just give us money, essentially, which is cool. Like, I'm a fan of money. Um, helps us pay for our software, helps us pay for our hosting, all that kind of good stuff. So go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. If you are one of our $10 patrons, we will read your name every episode. Big shout outs to Alan Schulte, Joe Cole Jr. You know, Joe, today we were playing around a Discord and uh, I kind of forgot like how many cool like little Discord icons Joe made and we were playing around with all the, the fun Discord right. icons. So like shout out to Joe for making us cool Discord icons too. Uh, also shout out to Anonymous and Rich Deacon. Thank you everyone for being uh, our wonderful patrons. We appreciate it. Uh, Dylan, help us get to next. News. News. Uh, first off, Ubisoft, uh, they, they, they won a Grammy, Dylan. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Does, does Ubisoft win a Grammy or does the, the composer of, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok win a Grammy? Stephanie Lukamnew. I think that's how you say her last I name. I would guess it's the composer in this case. I know yeah. like, um, for example, like at the Oscars, best picture goes to, um, like the, like, I can't remember if it's like the producers, producers. Like, there's yeah. a certain person that it goes to even though you're like well did, were they the i can't remember exactly what it is but yeah there's some weird i'm sure there's weird caveats like that that like the the whoever gets nominated is sometimes you're like eh, that's kind of yeah. weird so but i would get i would hope it's the yeah the person the yeah her, her name is stephanie and i don't have, have any idea how you'd say this last name e-c-o-n-o-m OU, Ekonomu. It's it's probably French. Like Assassin's Creed, like Ubisoft is a, is a French company. They they do a lot of work in France and in Montreal, so it's probably French. So I'm gonna say yeah. Stephanie Ekonomu. Um, that's two years of French right there for you, Dylan. Like just there coming right right out of me. It was it was like seventh and eighth grade, so it's been it's been a while, a long while. But uh, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun that there is a actual an actual honest to goodness Grammy for best, you know, video game score. Um, so yeah, congratulations to her. Um, did you, did you watch the Grammys Dylan? Is that, that's something you're super into, I right? did not. I did, <laughs> I did not either. <laughs> uh, local, local, like, uh, I don't know, Washington celebrity, uh, what's her name? Uh, Shoot, I'm I'm completely dropping her name. She won three Grammys though. She lives over in like Maple Valley, um, oh. Carlisle. Oh um, yeah, uh, Brandy Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle. Is, that, is yeah. that right? Yeah, she lives like I don't know, twenty minutes from from Dylan's house. Um, yeah. or grew up twenty minutes from Dylan's house. She uh, she won three Grammys in the rock category. Oddly enough, um, whatever. Like that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's see. What is next? Uh, let's talk about a little bit about Activision Blizzard. Um, you'll be happy to hear that Activision Blizzard is paying a, a $35 million fine to uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission 
Um, is that is that a big fine, Dylan? Like, I mean, would you define thirty-five million dollars to Activision Blizzard as a big fine? It sounds big. It sounds I mean, big I wonder, to, to my wallet. Yeah, well, exactly. Let's see. So let's right. see if I can figure out their twenty twenty two revenue. So they made seven point three billion dollars in uh, twenty twenty two. So is is thirty five million dollars a big fine? I don't know. <laughs> let's see if I can figure out income. Let's see. Let's Isn't see. Isn't it about... so? It's so stupid. Like I don't <laughs> right? know. They made one point seven billion dollars last year. So to to answer my question, thirty five million dollars is really not that much. Uh, they were fined for uh, essentially not keeping track of um, employee complaints. So folks were. Between I think like 2014 and 2021, 2016 and 2021, uh, were complaining about sexual harassment and other types of harassment and all sorts of stuff. And Activision Blizzard just didn't uh, keep track of that, and instead they actually made it uh, they they impeded former employees from actually commission uh, to talking with the SEC. Uh, they actually they made it so they couldn't or. Um, they found out that if people were, they like, you know, warn them that, you know, bad things were happening. So, you know, it's, it's just overall like more crappy stuff that Activision Blizzard's doing. Um, but $35 million, like it's kind of one of those, like they took a settlement. Essentially they didn't have to go to court. They didn't have to admit any wrongdoing. They just said, here's $35 million. No SEC go away. And, like I'm kind of of the opinion that anytime like the punishment is a fine, like it just means that, uh, you know you can kind of get away with whatever you want as long as you're rich. So right. I, I would like to see that fine be a little bit, a little bit bigger than $35 million, but yeah, whatever. What do you do? Um, in related, I don't know, sort of related news, uh, Activision Blizzard's merger with, uh, Microsoft has, uh, created a official, uh, antitrust warning from the European Union that is in addition to the uh, one filed by the United States and I believe the UK so those essentially all just kind of go to trial and uh, I don't think it's like it's not like a traditional trial though in that like uh, you know it's like it's not a jury or anything um, essentially Microsoft will get to present its case as to why they feel that they should get to merge you know competing places I, I believe will be able to make their case or, or probably the government gets to make their case for them um they probably you know i don't know they, they still phil spencer still thinks they're gonna work it out so we'll see a lot of it really seems to be settled kind of centered around um call of duty which i think is really weird like i just don't think call of duty is that big of a deal like i mean it is a big game and it does sell a lot of copies but i don't know they've said that they'll let it go wherever they want i don't understand why it's still a problem but what do I know, Dylan? Very little. Very, very, very little. Nothing. <sighs> John Carmack of Doomfane. You may have heard of him. He's worked for Meta, oddly enough, for a number of years um, in their VR stuff. Recently quit. Went to uh, go somewhere else. I, I don't I don't remember. Uh, talked a lot this week about uh, video game preservation um, and how video games can be uh, created in order to make video game presentation or preservation or easier. Um, and I'm not going to go super deep into that, but I do think it's really important. Um, he just advocates essentially, you know, think about how, when you're developing a video game, how it could work if the server doesn't exist, how it could exist 
in a way that, you know, maybe those servers could be, you know, created by people, um, how you could kind of proxy in a server, you know, going forward and, you know, how, how to maybe not use things in the, the server to client process that are proprietary to your company. Like start thinking about those things. Um, well, the most interesting part about this this uh, this article is: do you do you remember Knockout City, Dylan? Like it was kind of a big deal, like maybe a year ago. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, the that was the dodgeball game. The right? dodgeball game. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's going offline. Um, but to their credit, uh, they are That's very sad. Yeah, they're actually going to give out a standalone release that will allow for private servers. So, like the bad news is, is that Knockout City is going away. But the good right. news is, is that people will be able to continue to play it. Um, a quote that I really liked from this is, is John, Carmack, John Carmack said, even if there are only 10,000 active u- users, destroying that user value should be avoided if possible, he says. Your company suffers more harm when you take away something dear to a user than you gain in benefit by providing something equally valuable to them or others. And essentially what he's saying is that the goodwill of users is probably worth more than the couple hundred dollars a year it might take you to, you know, maintain that, or even a couple thousand dollars a year, or maybe even $10,000 a year to, you know, maintain that. Maybe you won't make your money back, but the, the goodwill that those people have towards you, like, I mean, EA, especially in the early two thousands was like, known. like now EA is known as the company that, you know, just puts a DLC on everything and tries to make money via, you know, loot boxes for everything. But if you were a gamer in the, early 2000s what ea was known for was buying really really cool game companies and shutting them down um and not not because they you know were they weren't being um there wasn't anything they were trying to do on purpose it was just you know those game companies would get folded into ea as you know companies and they would shut down so you know ea bought bullfrog (laughs) ea bought origin systems ea bought a ton of really cool um video game developers in the, the late nineties and early two thousands and shuttered all of them. And so that was kind of what EA was known for. And I think that what he's saying is that, you know, be known as the company that kept that game up and running, even when maybe you lost a little bit of money on it, instead of being known as the company that constantly puts out new games and then shuts them down a year later. Uh, you know, I mean, think about, think about what, when, when Stadia launched, people were so, like over stadia day two because google has such a terrible history of launching things and shutting it down and ultimately like we were right and i think everyone knew from the second that that thing started we were going to be right eventually like on a long enough time scale stadia was not going to be around forever so that's that's a, a, a you know john carmack is kind of a senior voice in the industry and i think it's important that someone says that um, in related news, Konami is killing uh, their their new game, Crime Site. It's been out ten months, and uh, as as soon as they shut it down, May first, twenty twenty three, you'll never be able to play it again. Um, the worst part about that is it's still for sale on Steam right now. Like you could go buy it on Steam right now. It's ten bucks. Um, it sounds really fun too. Do you, have you ever heard about this Dylan Crime Site? No. Yeah, it's a social deduction game. So kind of like Among Us, right? Where you play the part of um, uh, Sherlock Holmes trying to solve crimes uh, put forth by Moriarty. It sounds like really interesting. Um, it's a Konami game released last, it's, it's been out 10 months um, and then get shut down in May. There just wasn't, 
wasn't enough stuff for it. So, but it, I think it's really lousy that you could still go buy it on, on steam. I checked right before this podcast, it's still there. And yes, there is a warning, but the warning is below the purchase. <laughs> so hmm. like kind of lousy. Um, it's one of the few games that I've seen be review bombed lately that I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe, maybe it should be like, it's, it's a hundred percent gone from mostly positive reviews to mostly negative reviews, just based on kind of warning people that that game will not be long around very much longer. So kind of a bummer. Be nice if they'd listened, um, like to the past, which I, I don't, I don't know. I, for me is the, the best of, of the Zelda games. I don't, I don't know if you have. Is that feelings. the one they redid in the kind of the chibi style? Um, no, no that one Link's is very Awakening. good though. Yeah. Link's Awakening. Okay. Yeah. Link to the Past is the, the original Super Nintendo. It's Link 3, Zelda 3. I don't think I ever really played that one. Super good game. Super good game. Yeah. It's, it's I didn't probably, play a lot honestly, of Super a, Nintendo, so. Yeah. I mean, you were barely born when that game came out, so. Also um, true. <laughs> yeah. It's a very good game. Very, very, very good game. Probably my favorite of the Zelda games. Um, it's kind of cool though. They, uh, a team of 20 developers just reversed engineered the entire thing. Which essentially means that now instead of running it on a PC uh, via em- emulation, you can actually run it on a PC natively, which has enabled them to do a lot of really cool things. Like you can actually play it in widescreen now. You can uh, play like the the loading screens, like in you know the transition screens when you go from one screen to a next. Those screens mm-hmm. are, I don't know, fifty percent faster. Um, like text loads quicker. But it'll also enable them to do things like, do, do you remember when they, they reverse engineered uh, Mario 64 and all of a sudden you could run Mario 64 in like 4K and, you know, it had ray tracing <laughs> and all that kind of craziness. They'll be able to do those same kind of things with uh, with Mario, so, or I'm sorry, with uh, Link to the Past. So that's, that's kind of exciting. This just barely happened. In order to play it, you do need to have like the ROM for the game. Like the way it works is they redistribute the engine and you have to have the assets so uh, you have to, to load your own assets into it, which makes it, I won't say legal, but it makes it less illegal, if, if, that's, if that's fair. It puts it into a solid gray area. Uh, if that's one of your, one of your things, though, uh, I will link to that uh, article about it in the show notes. You can try and find your own. It has a, a video showing the port versus the emulation. It's really cool how much, how much faster the PC port runs, like just from the standpoint of like, things just go faster. It's not like, not like it runs faster, but it, uh, like you can progress through the game faster. So, oh no, pretty cool. Dylan, we don't have Vinny today, but maybe you could just make something up. Hey, yo. <laughs> that was, that was not what I was expecting, Dylan. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Ardegan wants to know, what is your favorite gaming art style? Do you have a, do you have a favorite gaming art style, Dylan? I do like games that have art styles and yeah. aren't just. I got a little enthusiastic there. I apologize. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, the more like games get more like realistic, I care even less. Right. Um, like I can remember when Borderlands first came out. Oh, that was the best. Yeah. Just that cell shaded, like that was so cool that it like just kind of did something a little different. Of course, now that's kind of I don't know if it's as fresh anymore, but yeah, it's, it's cool. still all right though. Um, uh, across the obelisk that I just I mean started playing, like 
it's just got a cool like animated art style like i really like it it doesn't yeah. have to be anything too fancy I'm, I'm trying to think of something that i i particularly like um i think it's more that it just has style yeah i, I guess like I don't know what I just did, Dylan. I hit a button, and it's taking a squad shot. I have yeah. no idea what that was. I don't think I like the word squad shot very much. Oh, it just took a screenshot uh, of us. That's I can, so I, strange. Don't How do anywhere. I never do that again, Dylan? Um, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry you um, all had to hear that. It was terrible. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was... It was that bad. That was something. It was bad. Um, Anyway, that totally threw me off. Yeah, um, no, I, I get it. It's fair. I, but like, I agree even, with you. Yeah, even like, I mean, I can think of games that I was like, oh, like the art like really sells that like Limbo or something, right? Yeah. Like, that it has a very unique um, look to it. Um, and I definitely think I like, and I mean, even like Shovel Knight or something that's it's mm-hmm. meant to be a retro looking game. Like that's, I like that. Um but to to pick one, I think I'm I'm gonna have have trouble with. I think. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I absolutely agree. And and like to me, I, I'm the same way though. Like I I really do not care about realistic games anymore. Um, yeah, it's kind of strange. Like I think there was a time where I was Jones, like when games first got HD, and you're like, oh yeah. man, this looks so realistic, yeah. and it doesn't at all because we look back at that same game now, and it's just not at all. Um, but for some reason, it looked really good then. Well, um, I. To me, I think the thing is, is there's always certain things that just don't look very realistic either. Like every time I go through a character creator and they're like having me choose hair, I'm like, none of these hair styles look like hair. They all look like kind of lousy and kind of fried at the ends because there's no way to like actually render hair. Right. Um, Everyone should just be bald. Yeah. Like if I was to make... Uh, a game in like a new world i would just canon- canonically make everyone bald everyone wear wears a hat yeah right you know party like, hats probably facial hair rarely looks or they like good heads like yeah like, you know and even i would say even like a lot of times like trees and stuff don't look very natural in in things so like they're hyper hyper realistic except for that dude's hair and that tree over there you know um and like i'm sure that stuff will get more more realistic as time goes on but at the same time like i'll be honest like i don't i I look at how much video cards cost now and i i don't know how much i care like i have right i have a 600 hundred dollar video card dylan and that's stupid like i I don't want to buy another 600 hundred dollar video card like it's really dumb um you know when video cards cost like 300 350 dollars that was giving you the the like kind of middle ground for the current generation and you go like ah maybe this won't give me the you know the everything but it'll give me like it'll run all the new games at like a decent frame rate whatever like that was okay but now that the middle grade costs like six hundred dollars and the 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 high ones cost like a thousand or twelve hundred dollars i just don't know if i care about games being more realistic at this point when I can I can play a game on my Xbox that cost five hundred dollars, um, although I didn't put it in news and I don't know actually what the price is, but I think Xboxes just went up a little bit, so five fifty I don't know. But either way, it's still cheaper than my video card by like eighty dollars, and that doesn't count the other you know thousand dollars I'd put in my computer to build it. I just don't know if I really care if games ever look more realistic than they look right now. 
Uh, right. I would rather have a game with a fun art style or an interesting art style, you know. Um, like one of the one of the f- coolest looking games I played last year was um, the Artful Escape, and that game was just colorful and interesting. I'm I'm really really bored of like hyper realistic shooters that are entirely brown. I'm just not interested in that anymore. Right. Um, I would way rather even play like if I'm gonna play a game like that, I would rather play Rage or Rage Two, I guess that was like right. at least colorful and interesting, or or even like the Far Cry and Assassin's Creed games that tend to be a little bit more colorful, you know? Um, right. Or like know. the environments, or like I don't know. I mean, Cyberpunk. Right. Cyberpunk game, it's gorgeous. Like it's really right. interesting. All the environments are super interesting, and I mean, it's realistic looking. But, but it's, it's also not, it's a it's a stylized world that's not really our yeah. own, right? Like I'm I'm really happy, but I think I think that's the worst part about a game like that too, is it's super super realistic looking, and then every once in a while, like an NPC will walk past, and I'm like, that guy's a potato, like that dude's literally right. got half the the polygons of the rest of these NPCs. Why does that one NPC look so bad? Um, whereas if you have a game that is stylized, they're just all stylized. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what they look like. Cause they're all stylized. And I've run into a couple of NPCs that I'm like, that dude's just like blank. Why is, why is that? Why is that NPC so dull? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely am, am for games that look a, a little more interesting. I think he actually probably asked that question entirely based on, uh, he's playing, What's that new Game Pass game that just came out? Do you remember uh, High something 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 came out last week? I'm opening the Xbox app, but it's coming in really slow. Hi-Fi Rush, and like that game oh, is okay. super stylized, really really awesome, like cartoony, uh, like like not only cartoony looking like with the like the way they color cartoons and like dots and stuff has a real like hand-drawn cel-shaded aesthetic that's just really neat and it's gorgeous like every screenshot you see of it looks awesome because it's so bright and interesting so i don't know that's that's what we need more of i think less less of everything else more of that uh follow-up question and by follow-up i just mean it was from rich as well um unrelated to that but what's your favorite potato chip dylan i was kind of thinking of this and i was like at the same time i wonder if it's the one i'm currently eating I mean, all chips are good. That's what I'm saying is like, if I haven't eaten a chip for a while and I eat one, because I don't eat chips often, really, but even like a nacho cheese uh, Doritos, like if you don't have it frequently and you're like, and you crunch into it, you're like, dang, that's pretty good. But then I, if I grab a Frito, I'm like, dang, that's pretty good and salty. (laughs) And then like, I have a sour cream and onion lay. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. Um, even Pringles, man. Like they're all. I do like a Pringle. The the purple bag of like the Maui sweet onion chips. Ooh, yeah, those are delicious. Barbecue, barbecue lays solid. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, I guess just like generally speaking, I prefer like textured chips. You know, like I like Ruffles. I like something with ridges. Um. I do like um, when I when I lived in Utah. I want to say maybe it was in in Seattle. I don't remember. Um, I think it was I think it was Utah though. They had these this brand of chips, and I don't remember what they were. I think they were like 
San Francisco potato chip company or something. And they had a chip called Earthquake. And it was like mm. the everything, you know, like, you know, like how everything bagels are yeah. like all the flavors. Uh, these were, these were all of the, the potato chip flavors. So it was like barbecue and sour cream and onion and, you know, salt vinegar and cheese. And I don't know. Those are, those are good. Um, I also one time sat down with a bag of jalapeno Doritos, which I have never seen since. And, uh, Brooke and I finished off an entire bag, just kind of like casually munching on them. Like it was literally one of those things where you got to the bottom and you were like, oh, oh, we just ate an entire bag of potato chips. Right. Um, but those were very good. And I've never seen them again. I've been very, very disappointed about that. So, one uh, story. Salt and pepper kettle chips. I think that's my answer. Yeah, that, that's a good Because every choice. time I eat one, I just eat the whole bag. Yeah, those are really good. Because they're so good. It's really are simple. Any, are there any chips you don't like? Like, if you had a potato chip you don't like? I don't really think so. Like, not counting the weird flavors. Yeah, absolutely not. Like, when they make the cheeseburger chips, I'm not, yeah. really, not really into that, but... Uh, one one time I had I'm trying to think of what flavor it was, churro flavored Pringles. Those are pretty good. Uh, if you've had dill pickle chips, yeah, and they're actually pretty good. Yeah, they. I've never had them because Brooke is horrified of if I just say dill pickle out loud. Like if she was in this room right now, I would say dill pickle out loud, and she go ugh. Um, so I've never had them, but they they kind of intrigue me because I like pickles and I like chips. So I don't know why I wouldn't like dill pickle chips, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, right? yeah, chips exactly. are good. Moral of the story is chips are good. Uh, Triple Trouble wants to know if uh, this is actually this is a question I think that you are particularly primed to answer, Dylan. I am not. Uh, do you think one billion lions? So a billion lions is a lot of lions. Um, I, I almost think yeah. that's too many lions, to be honest. Yeah, it's a lot of lions. Or every single Pokemon, so all thousand Pokemon, I guess, right? Um, t- were to fight, who would win? And he's, he did say that you have to keep in mind, I guess, that there are a number of Pokemon who are essentially gods. So uh, what, what, what do you think? A billion lions. Like I said, that's a, that's a, it's a lot too of lions. lions. But I the, think at some point you would exhaust, like... It, so, how is the question worded again? If if one billion lions, fought one of every single Pokemon, one of there's every only single just Pokemon. over a thousand Pokemon. Yeah, they would get exhausted. Yeah, just and too, the lions would win. It's too many. A billion is so many. Yeah, what, are there god Pokemon? So I mean, I guess that's the thing is like, what about those big tall Pokemon? They could just step on lions. Yeah, but there's just not enough. It's a billion lions. Billion lions. So it's it's really the nu- how many how many because Pokemon aren't they do have stamina. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's just like you can't run around the world in one go. Like you just can't. You're not gonna how, make it. How many how many lions do you think every single Pokemon could fight? Like is is, is like a million lions enough? Or like a hundred thousand lions? I think even a million is a lot of lions. So a hundred thousand <laughs> lions. You think they could take a thousand? Do you think a hundred thousand? Do you think they can take that? I think so because some are not going to pull their weight, and some are. Are going to like above. Magikarp ain't fighting no lion, right? But I mean, the flip side is he's a he's a water one, so like he could just like swim out into a lake. And uh, does he have an attack? I guess no. Oh. He only splashes. His attack is splashing. It it is it doesn't do anything. Well, I mean, lions don't like to be wet, though, Dylan. It's true. Yeah, but so, 
yeah, it's, he's not going to be very helpful. I'm not going to, yeah. Anyway, so a hundred thousand, we'll say yes. A billion, <laughs> it's just too damn many. Uh, uh, yeah. Cheap free games this week. Uh, Recipe for Disaster is a restaurant management sim that, like, I'm sure there are people that into this, but it just sounds terrible to me. Like, I've never wanted to work in a restaurant. I don't want to work when I'm playing games, (laughs) especially at a restaurant. I think that's the thing. There are some management sims that I go like, oh, that's kind of fun. But, like, it captures the fast-paced, drama-filled environment of a professional kitchen and dining room. Like, that sounds (laughs) terrible. Like Gordon Ramsay's just yelling at you the whole time. Right? Bread on both sides of your head. Right. Like... I'm an idiot sandwich. Yeah, I, I just—it sounds terrible. But then the the like the sign off is you have to do all these things, make recipes, design menus, major stuff, all while contending with disastrous situations, like that. I don't know. It's free on Epic. Go find out. I guess it sounds terrible to me. Uh, joining uh, Game Pass this week uh, today, actually, Hot Wheels Unleashed Game of the Year Edition, which looks very good, is out on cloud console and PC. Uh, I actually was just reading Madden NFL 23 uh, will be available on Game Pass uh, via EA Play. So I guess you have to have Game Pass Ultimate to get that uh, on Thursday, September 9th. So that is uh, day after tomorrow. If you are, if today is Tuesday where you are, which seems unlikely, but if it is, it's day after tomorrow. For the rest of you, it's just Thursday the 9th. Uh, and uh, Atomic Heart comes out February 21st. That game looks very cool. So I would guess by next week we'll have a, a, a bunch of other Game Pass games coming out. So nice that we've been getting a little, little bit of stuff. Uh, we've got a couple of Humble Bundles available right now. Uh, one is called The Simple Life. For $10, you can get Yonder, The Cloudcatcher Chronicles, Lake, uh, Townscaper, Garden Paws, Winkle... Winkle it to G- the little shop. I don't know. I hate saying, I don't like saying that word, Dylan. Um, Summer in Mara, <laughs> Staxel, and Luna's Fishing Garden. Um, I know Colby personally would recommend Yonder, the Cloudcatcher Chronicles. He actually tried to get me to buy that like two weeks ago on the Xbox, and I didn't. Um, it's kind of real cute, like moose creature on it. Um, he also played Summer in Mara and like that. And I played Townscaper and really enjoyed it. Um, Lake, if that's something you like, I believe is on Game Pass. So. That's a good deal, though. Ten, ten ga- or eight games for ten bucks. You cannot beat that. Uh, there's also the Fighting Farmers bundle right now. Uh, let's see. That is. Oh, I'm trying to figure out how much I can spend. Fourteen dollars. You get uh, seven games, including Lens uh, Island, Spirit of the Island, uh, Re Legend, and I don't know that mean if that means regarding like or, or response. I don't, whatever. Yeah, I don't. They just put these letters in front just of letters sometimes. Colons. Yeah. Uh Saren Fate, Kataria Fables, uh Forager, which I have played, is quite a bit of fun. And Stranded Sales, Explorers of the Cursed Island. I think both of those would be like you could you could spend twenty four dollars, Dylan, and get seventeen games. Like that's no, that's not right. Fifteen games? I don't know. A number of games. The games would be like two dollars each. So probably worth it. Uh both of those are on Humble Bundle. So Dylan, we've had a good day. We accidentally took a screenshot. Again, I hope to never do that again. <laughs> oh, here's how you do it. Okay, so control G. What did I hit? Okay, here we're going to take another one. You ready? Five, four, three, two. Smile, Dylan. Oh, I hate that. I'm going to post it in Discord anyway. I hate it. It's so bad. I don't know where it went. Oh, there it is. It's great. Oh, my God. I look like 
manic. Anyway, yeah. uh, thank you for <laughs> for coming to this podcast with us. That that picture is actually pretty great, Dylan. We are Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at bitemepodcast.com. Big shout out to Rich for taking care of that for me because otherwise it would not exist. Uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, slash Bite Me Podcast. You can hang out with us on Discord at uh, bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. You can donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Bite Me Podcast. You can join our Extra Life team, which actually has some money. We got a little donation, Dylan, so we're Woo! we're like raising already. It's only February. Uh, at bitemepodcast.com slash Extra Life. And Dylan, please help us leave. Bite me. Bite me. Bite me.